Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 11. The Hound in the Red Jersey. Part 2. Couldn't we explain all that to someone? Nobody will listen, said Mother very bitterly. Nobody at all. Do you suppose I've not tried everything? No, my dearest, there's nothing to be done. All we can do, you and I and Daddy, is to be brave and patient and— She spoke very softly. To pray, Bobby, dear. Mother, you've got very thin, said Bobby abruptly. A little, perhaps. An oak, said Bobby. I do think you're the bravest person in the world as well as the nicest. We won't talk of this any more, will we, dear, said Mother. We must bear it and be brave. And, darling, try not to think of it. Try to be cheerful and to amuse yourself and the others. It's much easier for me if you can be a little bit happy and enjoy things. Wash your poor little round face, and let's go out into the garden for a bit. The other two were very gentle and kind to Bobby, and they did not ask her what was the matter. This was Peter's idea, and he had drilled Phyllis, who would have asked a hundred questions if she had been left to herself. A week later, Bobby managed to get away alone, and once more she wrote a letter, and once more it was to the old gentleman. My dear friend, she said, you see what is in this paper. It is not true. Father never did it. Mother says someone put the papers in Father's desk, and she says the man under him that got Father's place afterwards was jealous of Father, and Father suspected him a long time. But nobody listens to a word she says. But you are so good and clever, and you found out about the Russian gentleman's wife directly. Can't you find out who did the treason, because it he wasn't Father upon my honor? He is an Englishman, and incapable to do such things. And then they would let Father out of prison. It is dreadful, and Mother is getting so thin. She told us once to pray for all prisoners and captives. I see now. Oh, do help me. There is only just Mother and me who know, and we can't do anything. Peter and Phil don't know. I'll pray for you twice every day as long as I live, if you'll only try. Just try to find out. Think if it was your daddy, what would you feel? Oh, do, do, do help me. With love, I remain your affectionately little friend, Roberta. P.S. Mother would send her kind regards if she knew I was writing. But it is no use telling her I am, in case you can't do anything. But I know you will, Bobby, with best love. She cut the account of her father's trial out of the newspaper with Mother's big cutting-out scissors and put it in the envelope with her letter. Then she took it down to the station, going out the back way and round by the road, so that the others should not see her and offer to come with her, and she gave the letter to the stationmaster to give to the old gentleman next morning. "'Where have you been?' shouted Peter from the top of the yard wall where he and Phyllis were. "'To the station, of course,' said Bobby. "'Give us a hand, Pete.' She set her foot on the lock of the yard door. Peter reached down a hand. "'What on earth?' she asked as she reached the wall top, for Phyllis and Peter were very muddy. A lump of wet clay lay between them on the wall. They had each a slip of slate in a very dirty hand. And behind Peter, out of the reach of accidents, were several strange rounded objects rather like very fat sausages, hollow but closed up at one end. It's nests, said Peter. Swallow's nests. We're going to dry them in the oven and hang them up with string under the eaves of the coach house. Yes, said Phyllis, and they were going to save up all the wool and hair we can get, and in the spring we'll line them, and then how pleased the swallows will be. 
I've often thought people don't do nearly enough for dumb animals, said Peter, with an air of virtue. I do think people might have thought of making nests for poor little swallows before this. Oh, said Bobby vaguely, if everybody thought of everything, there'd be nothing left for anybody else to think about. Look at the nests. Aren't they pretty? said Phyllis, reaching across Peter to grasp a nest. Look out, Phil, you goat, said her brother. But it was too late. Her strong little fingers had crushed the nest. There now, said Peter. Never mind, said Bobby. It is one of my own, said Phyllis, so you needn't jaw, Peter. Yes, we've put our initial names on the ones we've done, so that the swallows will know who they've got to be so grateful to and fond of. Swallows can't read, silly, said Peter. Silly yourself, retorted Phyllis. How do you know? Who thought of making the nests anyhow, shouted Peter. I did, screamed Phyllis. Nah, rejoined Peter. You only thought of making hay ones and sticking them in the ivy for the sparrows. And they'd have been sopping long before egg-laying time. It was me, said Clay and Swallows. I don't care what you've said. Look, said Bobby, I've made the nest all right again. Give me the bit of stick to mark your initial name on it. But how can you? Your letter and Peter's are the same, P for Peter and P for Phyllis. I put an F for Phyllis, said the child of that name. That's how it sounds. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.